0: Straight
1: <laughs> up evil. Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your body. I shall kill all of your panties
2: a a and a dogfish tampon and the no garbage. Ain't hey, right with the Bible, but you can pretend like you will. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was wow. A good one. Going to do
0: yeah, if there's
1: a car hello everyone, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie, she's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly, she's the blonde. Hi. First and foremost, just want to announce to you all you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can email us at straightuppeople at gmail.com. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. We're on Twitter. We're a, a straight up pod. People are always like, can never access this information. Like, we they just say lo- it. We never, <laughs> ever say it. Every other that podcast. That is so
2: is like, hilarious.
0: Check this out. Follow us on this thing. Patreon, so just- like and subscribe. Listen, <laughs> just- We're like, Hey, bye. We're like, hey, what up? Okay, hey. bye. you know We're like, sing a song and then bye. We get listeners somehow, but like, if yeah, we, we really do. kept saying it, would it make a difference? I wonder. I don't I know. think so. I think but it would. I think?
1: For people who don't, who <laughs> have trouble finding us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter you Twitter, can Twitter. email us. You can go to straightupevilpodcast.com You can find us. All right, I promise. <laughs> But speaking of not being able to find something, we are covering the case of Brianna Maitland tonight. That
0: was smooth, That was That was was Rico
2: Suave (laughs) in this bitch.
1: I don't know. That's the last intelligent thing I'm going to say on the show tonight because I don't even know. Um, I thought looking into it, I would have more. Of an understanding. And I actually feel like I have less of an understanding. Same. For those of you who do not know, Brianna Alexandra Maitland was a 17-year-old girl who disappeared after leaving her job at the Black Lantern Inn in Montgomery, Vermont in March of 2004. Brianna has been missing for 17 years at this point, Gwyneth. And her case remains unsolved due to a lot of, kind of fateful circumstances it took some time for her to be reported missing and this probably dealt the investigation a serious blow brianna's case is talked about in the same breath as the disappearance of mara murray If you're listening to this show, I guarantee you, you know who we're talking about. Both women seemingly (laughs) vanished into thin air. Both their vehicles were abandoned. And Mara went missing just a month before Brianna did in an area that's only about 90 miles away from where the the two sites. So they're interchangeable, these cases, Mm -hmm. when people in conversation, they're like, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. But much of the reason why we're still talking about Brianna Maitland after all these years is her father, Bruce. Bruce has been outspoken ever since Brianna disappeared, continues to this day to push this case into the spotlight. He is just a very heroic parent of a missing person. Like
0: Brian Guimond, like still active. Yes, Brian Guimond level.
2: Absolutely. These dads are like just, they're just as passionate as the moms are when it comes to that, you know?
0: And
1: what's his name from EquiSearch, Carly? Tim Miller. Tim Tim Miller, Miller, yeah. John Walsh. Brian Gimond. Shout out to Bruce the dedicated Maitland. dads. Absolutely. Truly. So Brianna Maitland was born to her parents, Bruce and Kelly Maitland, on October 8th of 1986 in Burlington, Vermont. And she's the youngest of two children. She has an older brother. The Maitlands lived on a farm close to the Canadian border in East Franklin, Vermont. And if you're already thinking about Israel Keys, as I am and almost always am. We know you are, little We'll come <laughs> into play later. Uh, just at least once a day. I'm like, oh man, what if? Okay, so by all accounts, Brianna or Brie, as she was called for short, super popular, super well-rounded individual, bubbly, happy, spontaneous, up for having a good time, not afraid. Oh, beautiful too. Super beautiful. beautiful. Down to have a good time, but she is a born and bred New Englander, so she could drive an ATV, she could shoot, she could track deer, she could do all of the things. Huge reader, like our Carly. She trained extensively in Jiu Jitsu. This is not your once a week Taekwondo class. Okay, no. this is not like basic Basic martial arts that kids no. get into jiu-jitsu at a young is age no joke i'm not sure what type of jiu-jitsu she was doing but brazilian jiu-jitsu in specific is used by the navy it is not to be messed with and no. you have to have serious discipline serious focus to be able to do it and she was great at it apparently yeah and
2: like patience mm-hmm. a lot of patience
0: discipline I love yeah. her so much because obviously like she was born five days after me. Love her. Mm-hmm. She's an avid reader. Love her. She was working in food service as we all have for so many years. Love her. Mm-hmm. But also my secret dream job is to be an MMA fighter. Okay.
1: Carly. I <gasps> did not know that.
2: Yes. Oh my God. We used to love fucking Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. I... Okay. I'm a little old. We support you. Start that
0: endeavor, we su- but... At
1: any point you want to do that, Carly, we support I you.
0: would love it so You much, go right ahead. Yeah. But she was back. Badass. Brianna was badass. Oh yeah.
1: Well-rounded. So she was a super positive person as everybody says, but despite this, she really didn't like living on a rural farm. She felt very much alienated from her friend group because the farm that she lived on was 15 miles away from what most people would consider civilization you know, just like popular areas. And all of her friends who lived in town in like less rural areas all went to a different high school than Brianna. It sucked in a lot of ways because she didn't have the community that she was looking for at school. She was probably in a very small class and didn't have a whole lot of community within the small little rural town that she lived in. She would have to branch out and meet kids her age in other ways. And she really didn't like it. And this caused friction between Brianna and her parents, which we're going to get into a little bit later. This is me totally editorializing. This Mm. is just what happens between adolescence and age 20 is like you just reject everything Everything Mm -hmm. and just decide that i'm not doing that anymore yeah Um, and whatever somebody
2: tells you you do the opposite pretty much
1: right Right. and a lot of people point to this as like her being out of control and all of these things i don't see it i'm just gonna say up top i don't see it it's just it's important to note here that brianna's mother kelly said yeah it was a stressful time because She didn't like living at home and she was open about not liking living at home and she was spending as much time as she could away from home. She said it was stressful, but it wasn't a serious stress. She said, she said it was just, she felt like Brianna wanted more independence like many teenagers and she just wanted to be around her friends. So her parents understood what she was upset about. It wasn't like, you know, a rift in the family and they're not speaking to each other. It wasn't like that at all. So by the time she hits age 17 in October of 2003, she decides to tell her parents that she's moving out of the house and she's going to stay with her friends in a nearby town. And she wants to finish high school at a high school with the rest of her friends. So she wants to take herself out of her current high school and put herself for the rest of her senior year in the high school with her friends,
2: which is also normal because she just wants to be with her friends. Like she, that's totally, I went through that exact same thing of where I begged my mom to bring me to a certain school in North Carolina because I wanted to be with my friends.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's totally normal. I think it happens to a lot of people. And her parents say now, of course, like this is not ideal. This is not what we wanted her to do per se, but she was truly unhappy at home. And she, you know, it doesn't feel good to see your kid suffering and upset all the time. They wanted to allow her a certain level of independence because up to this point, Brianna's, she's a good student. She's a good kid she's never been in trouble. There's no warning signs of, you know, some of the stuff that you see in early adolescence where you're like, oh, wow, you know, they're starting to break into houses or they're burglarizing or they're vandalizing. Like some of the stuff that you see escalating at that time, you don't see that with her. And this all kind of makes sense in the story later, but she wanted to go live in the town where she was going to enroll in school. And that was going to be it. And her parents let her do it. But this plan really doesn't work out because she ends up dropping out of school. School in February of 2004, she does enroll in GED classes at the local community college to make sure she still finished her education. And she also talks openly about going to college part time and working part time after she got that GED. Setback, yes, she was still going to do the damn thing. She was still going to do what she what she wanted to do. I have a lot of theories about why it might not have worked out at the new high school. I had a cousin who switched in her senior year of high school. I had another friend who was kind of yanked out of school in tenth grade and moved to another school. And both of them are like pretty tragic stories just because they
2: lose that's it's very funny t- that you said that too, Quinny, because you're right. What this points to to me is that yes, what you said earlier is so true that we do all go through that phase in the 20s of like kind of rebelling and or you're even when you're 18, it is when it really starts, quite frankly, where you start that rebellion, you want you're on your you want to do everything your own way kind of But also what happens, usually you're being troubled at home. When you're going to move with somebody else, like another friend, it's not just this Typical teenage stressors I noticed that it seems like she's coming from a troubled home
1: So she has a great relationship with her parents From what we understand Everything with her family is fine But you're you're catching something, Quinny Because it's really true There was something going on But it's not with her parents or her immediate family She started living with her friend Jillian Stout This is her childhood best friend from fourth grade And she's staying with her in Sheldon, Vermont And this is about 20 miles west of Montgomery, Vermont which will be the last place where Brianna was seen. I couldn't find exactly when she started working at the Black Lantern Inn. I don't, I don't have information on like when she was hired or how long she worked there for. I was under the
2: impression that she wasn't there for a crazy long time.
1: And she was also, she was working at the Black Lantern Inn. She was a dishwasher. We know for sure. And she was also waitressing breakfast shifts at a diner. So she's doing both. The Black Lantern Inn, from what I could find, it's pretty much a pub. So Mm -hmm. she was probably also busing and also probably getting tipped out because it seems like a pretty small place. This is what I'm saying about Brianna Maitland. She is no slouch. She's not chilling on a couch, just slacking off and not going to school. About three weeks before she disappeared, she was attacked at a party by a former friend named Keely LaCrosse. It's a very interesting person that we'll talk a little bit more about later. The motive for this attack is unclear. There are tons of rumors about what it could have been. There are rumors that they were dating the same guy. There are rumors that they weren't dating the same guy, but Brianna was paying attention to the guy that Keely liked. There are rumors that Keely just straight up didn't like Brianna and didn't want her to be at the party and wanted to send a message. It's all it's it's all jumbled. You don't know, mm-hmm. which is true. Bruce, Brianna's father, believes that Keely was jealous of Brianna and that's why she went after her. I do think it's interesting, though, that they describe her as a former Friend of Brianna's mm-hmm. because I can't make out if the distinction is based on the fact that they're not friends after she assaulted her or if they hadn't been friends before that. Yeah. Like, I don't really know. So, either way, they're not friends anymore. They ain't friends. And no mo. This is not just getting slapped at a party. First of all, witnesses say that Brianna did not fight back whatsoever. There was no, she didn't engage. She did not, she didn't go after Keely. She was just beat up. And that was, the end of it. She went to the hospital. She was treated for two black eyes, cuts on her face, a concussion, and a broken nose. So that's she no was no joke. Beat up. It was not. Yeah, so she it she
2: got messed up like that. Yeah, well,
0: I think because like I read different accounts and it said like, oh well, she didn't fight back because they were friends, or she didn't fight back because she knew she was in the wrong. And, it's like, tough when you're hit in you know, the I mean, face what, too. Yeah, that's true. Because you're just like stunned. That's,
1: yeah, you know, you yeah, could just be dazed.
2: It's really hard to get a concussion. Like Quinny's, I got into a couple scraps back in the Dizzy Day, Binnies. <sighs> i fucking gotten to a couple, two, or three fights back mm-hmm. in the day. I was, a, sure. I was a wild one. It takes a lot for someone to do that much. it t- It's going to take a decent amount for someone to do that to you. The girl must have completely gotten her like unawares.
1: From what I understand, it was at a party. Some people say that it was in front of a group of people. Some people say that Keely attacked Brianna through the window of her car. Mm. That Brianna was in her car and with the window down, and she that just came, like came at her.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Because um, like, how is she gonna really do anything? Yeah, yeah.
1: but again, we don't really know. <laughs> we don't. There's there's very few. Cold, hard facts in this case, because law enforcement, it's an open investigation. They're not, they're not giving it to us. Brianna did file a criminal complaint against Keely after that. And her parents did everything they possibly could to keep it alive, but they dropped it three weeks after she disappeared. So she never got in trouble at all for that investigators now do include keely's name in some of the information that they release. they have said publicly that she has been investigated and she has been cleared she has no involvement in brianna's disappearance keely has actually spoken about her disappearance and said she regrets everything that she did to brianna she's very ashamed of what she did she went on to commit some serious felonies there's a breaking and entering charge against her. There's a home invasion. She's got a pretty significant rap sheet after that, in the mm-hmm. in the years after that. So she just might have been a violent kid that went on to be a violent adult. But mm-hmm. the, people don't think this has anything to do with, with what happened to Brianna or what we think happened to Brianna. Carly, you want to get into March 19th, 2004?
0: Right, so The morning of March 19th, 2004, Brianna took and she passed her GED exam. She got it done and that meant she could move forward with her plans to attend college part-time, like Joss said. Brianna and her mom went to lunch together that day to celebrate and they did some shopping afterwards even though she wasn't living with them they were still very close they were celebrating together and according to kelly her mom brianna had been in good spirits that day um and they had spent a lot of the time discussing her college plans but she did notice that brianna's mood changed like abruptly while they were waiting to check out at one of the stores that they were shopping in something had caught brianna's attention she's not exactly sure what it is so she says just i'll be right back just hold on a second brianna goes outside and when kelly goes to meet her her in the parking lot she seemed noticeably shaken but kelly didn't really want to pry like it's her business so she didn't ask what was bothering her so like, we have no idea what it was what she saw if she saw anything what went on her mom would drop brianna off where she was living with jillian between 3 30 and 4 o'clock so brianna could get ready for her shift at work at the black lantern inn brianna gets ready and then as she leaves for work she leaves a note for her friend jillian saying that she would be back that evening after work and she would leave in her pale green 1985 four-door Oldsmobile and headed to the Black Lantern Inn. And according to her co-workers, the shift was just a regular shift, like nothing really of note happened. Brianna hadn't received any calls, she didn't make any calls, no visitors came to the inn to visit, nothing. After they closed up, they do remember asking Brianna if she would like to have dinner with them. You know, we always do that, like go after, after drinks, after the shift or whatever. And I guess normally she would, but that day she declined, saying that she was tired, she had to work the next morning at her second job at KJ's Diner. So at 11 20 p.m. that evening, Brianna left the black lantern, and her coworkers recall her getting into her car and leaving the parking lot. Now, Jillian was actually away that weekend visiting family, which is weird. So, like, Brianna must not have known that. Because why would she leave her a note saying, I'll be home later that night?
1: This is one of the big ones, the note. Right. I I don't get it.
2: I think that that trip was like, it doesn't seem like it was planned. Right. Because exactly. Why would she have left her the note if she was going away? For the whole weekend. Assuming then
0: Brianna would be the only one there. So because Jillian was away all weekend, she wouldn't be home that night. And she wouldn't actually see Brianna's note until she returned home on Monday. So when Brianna wasn't home when she got there on Monday, Jillian assumed like she just probably moved back with her parents or was staying with her parents for a little while again. Tuesday, the 23rd, Jillian called Brianna's parents and found out that Brianna wasn't there either. They hadn't seen her since Kelly dropped Brianna off three days earlier. So now Kelly's obviously super concerned. So she begins to call Brianna's friends, her employers, no one's heard from her, no one's seen her since that Friday night. As Brianna was not scheduled to return to work on March 21st at the Black Lantern, her co-workers were not aware that she had gone missing, and no one had been in contact with her since that last night that she worked. And I couldn't find anything listed that she was actually scheduled to work at KG's Diner that morning, which was what her excuse was. Right, no,
1: nobody has said that she no-called,
0: no-showed.
1: No, no, that's never been corroborated, that she actually had a shift the next day. Right,
2: no, Yeah. yeah, no, there wasn't anybody that said that she was missed she, that she had missed a shift
0: or something right. so then bruce and kelly report brianna as missing officially so the day after brianna was last seen march 20th a state trooper was dispatched to an abandoned barn in Richard vermont which is known as the old dutch house this house dude i went down a rabbit hole just i know this I yeah this is weird it's an old house slash barn Okay, and it's about a mile and a half from the Black Lantern Inn, just off of East Berkshire Road and Vermont Route 118, across from the Dutchburn Farm Road. Now, when the trooper arrived at the barn, I'm gonna call it a barn, even though it's technically a house barn. Just like, a barn, mostly good. just barn. So when the trooper arrived at the barn, he found a pale green four-door 1985 Oldsmobile backed into the barn, causing minor damage to the rear bumper. It just hanging out, backed up into the barn. The vehicle had made a hole in the barn wall, causing a piece of plywood that had been covering one of the windows to land on the trunk. And there were really no indications that the car had come off the road in like an uncontrolled way. Like, yeah, I guess it is like a windy road. It obviously would have been like pitch black out there. There weren't any noticeable skid marks or like tire tracks, like going crazy. It just looked like it was just backed into the side and that's it. But it still seemed to have been an accident in some way and apparently several passersby had seen the car. And I'm like literally looking at the picture that I put in my outline and it just doesn't make any sense. There's no way that that could just naturally go bloop.
1: Yeah, if you look at a picture of this vehicle, if you get a chance to look this up. It's like somebody tried
2: to turn the car around, you know, almost like they were going to do a full circle turnaround and they fucking smashed into the side of the building.
1: And It's weird too, because of the position of the car and because it's yeah. the back of the car that's the back in, car. that's in to right. the building, you could drive by and just think it was parked right up next to
0: the building. Yeah. But when you really look at it, you're like, oh shit, the the back wheels are in the air. The rear wheels are raised, causing the car to become disabled. She can't drive it away at this point. But the car is unlocked, but the keys are missing. And inside the car, there are two uncashed paychecks for a total of like 150 bucks on the front seat. They also find some loose change, a water bottle, and an unsmoked cigarette. And on the passenger floor inside a styrofoam takeout container is a half-eaten burrito. It's so high <laughs> Like, school. it just makes sense, yeah. So the paychecks, along with the driver's license found, had Brianna Maitland's name on them and some of the belongings were actually strewn on the ground in front of the car such as her clothing her medicine the driver's license her makeup and her contact lenses there was also a woman's fleece jacket that was found in the field near Brianna's car but apparently it did not belong to her there was also a broken necklace on the ground outside of the driver's side door Um, but it's unknown who the necklace actually belongs to now at first the trooper just assumes that the car had been abandoned by like a drunk driver drinking and driving they somehow got the back of the car into the barn and just left it there so the trooper is uh, you know arranging for it to get towed to a local garage but they checked the vehicle's registration which showed that it belonged to kelly maitland but the troopers didn't notify her of being impounded because they assumed with the paychecks being listed as brianna maitland's that she had been the primary driver and not kelly so they just said we'll tow it well maybe we'll try to go and tell her at the black lantern inn that The car is there, but they go to try to do that, and the inn was already closed, so they're unable to talk to her. So Kelly will actually report Brianna missing on March 23rd, and her and Bruce would go to the Vermont State Police Barracks in St. Albans, and that is when the trooper showed Bruce and Kelly a picture of the car backed into the Dutchburn barn, and they confirm it's Brianna's car, and yes, she was driving it the night of March 19th. Yeah, so it all comes together. Her poor mom,
1: I know. her mom so talking sad. about oh. that moment of seeing it and being like it just immediately knowing that this no. isn't right. It's not good.
0: At least if they thought she just took off driving one day and was just like doing whatever, you know, but to know that she in the middle of the night is without her car in the middle of Vermont, just, you know. Yeah, it was eight uh, degrees that night.
1: Not Freezing, good. like biting cold. Yeah. You know,
0: you're not getting far without a car. You're really not. Um, Just a little bit about that house barn. Okay. Yes. I, like I said, I went down the rabbit hole, but just to quick summarize, it was owned and resided by the brothers, Mike and Harry Dutchburn. Okay. They literally lived there since 1915. They worked the farm together. They lived there their whole life. They would often help cars that got stuck in the mud or like drivers who lost control around the curve of the road around there. So I understand it is like a hotspot for drivers to go off the road. Oh, fine. Still doesn't make sense the way the car. Is yeah and it just doesn't sit right with me but yes it is like a tricky part of the road there but when the brothers are living there and they're in their like late 70s this is like 1986 their house was broken into and two people pretended to be out of gas they got into the house and they beat up the brothers so badly they couldn't even be recognized by their own faces like they were brutally beaten and they stole six thousand dollars cash the brothers just you know they're like two farm farmer brothers just living there their entire life just working the farm live in there they're in their 70s they're like 77 and 79 they're like helping drivers get off the out of the mud and these two people just beat the crap out of them and steal all their money they do survive but after that they obviously don't feel comfortable in the house anymore and after that the house just is abandoned it's just crazy how like this house was this whole family's whole life and then the, once they were gone like no it just was abandoned and left there yeah until 2016 where a group with some terrible punk ass teenagers burned the entire house to the ground. I know there's not probably not a lot to do out there, but really, really,
2: I think there's also a significance in the fact that it's only a mile from the, from the place of her employment.
0: It's a mile and a half away. Yeah. uh...
2: That's really, really crucial too.
0: So March 25th, a couple days after they report her missing, Bruce and Kelly give the photos of Brianna to the Vermont state police. And at first law enforcement, they're like not really thinking that foul play was involved. They're skeptical. There's no signs of a violent confrontation at the scene where the car is found. Again, like I said, they initially thought it was just like a drunk driving incident. But really, they just essentially considered Brianna just to be a runaway. Like we talk about all the time. Yeah, like sad. how many have been slipped through the cracks because of this? Despite the fact that they think she's essentially a runaway, they still would start searching for Brianna. Good, good for trying. Thank you. Thank you. So police officers and search dogs would search the area around the barn on foot but they found nothing of value. They would look in the house and they would uncover some drug dealing paraphernalia and a gun, but had no connection. Because Brianna's medication for her migraines, her contact lenses, her paychecks, et cetera, all were left in the car. This did indicate to the investigators that she either intended to return to the vehicle at some point... Or that she possibly hadn't abandoned it of her own free will.
2: No purse left behind, Winnie. I'm telling you right now. Come on.
1: I don't care. I don't honestly, I don't care if you if the car crashed in some in a in an accidental way. I don't care if it broke down. I don't care if it's just your grandfather's 1985 Oldsmobile and it died on you. If something really went down and you had to leave that vehicle there that night, I would bet on the fact that you do not leave your two uncashed paychecks, your contacts and your migraine meds in the car.
0: At the no, very 100%, least, checks. No. if you're running away, even if you don't want to trail, you're still going to figure out a way to get those checks cashed without you 100% know, Definitely. something. Okay. If you get migraines, which I do, and I'm pretty sure you do too, Joss, prescription medication for them, you are not
2: leaving. Not leaving without anywhere. it anywhere. No, no, because and they're you're like gonna... gold too. They are. It's yeah. like
1: you only have so many and you're not just going li- to, and especially this 17 year old who doesn't have really have a place to live and doesn't yeah. really have money. Like she, they're coming with oh, you.
2: There's no way that she wouldn't have gone to cash her checks. So it shows you that like she had just got, she must've just gotten those checks within the, at least yeah, within that's, a couple of days. A lot of, of people days. say
1: yeah. that's, that will come definitely come back in yeah. because they mention you know, perhaps she went to work that night specifically to get checks.
0: So like we said, several witnesses had seen the car. So they had come forward to say that they had seen the car the night she went missing. One witness drove by the barn between 11. 30 p.m. and 1230 a.m. did see headlights but hadn't seen anyone in or around the Oldsmobile. So another witness would state that he'd seen the turn signal flashing between midnight and 1230 that night he doesn't say headlights he says a search signal and the other one says just headlights so either they both were happening and like no one's really noticing or saying anything or like she's still around and something else you know what i mean she's in the car for some reason that little detail just like freaks me out more oh
1: yeah Absolutely. The idea that someone could be driving by and some sh- something could be
0: going down. Somebody Literally could be losing the their life yeah. and you're just driving by. So Brianna's ex-boyfriend had been returning from a party across the border in Canada when he saw the car around 4 a.m. But no one was seen with it. I mean, in my opinion, it's a pretty distinctive car.
1: It definitely is. It definitely is. You would, you would not think it would belong to someone else. Right. Like
0: regardless of where it was is weird enough. But the fact like he's going to know all that he's going to know too because he's
2: the boyfriend. Right. I'm apprehensive about his account. I always question the credibility of the witness accounts. Oh, I saw the car. The headlights were on. Oh, I saw the car. The headlights weren't on. It's like
1: there is something to suggest that the first witness is a police officer because he's listed as, quote, a very credible witness. And again, that sounds nuts because it's like if you saw a car crash into a building and you're a police officer, what, are you are just going to drive by? Right. But really, when yes. you look at the pictures, it's not immediately apparent no. that it's into the building. It just looks like it's parked close up to it. Right. So there is some insinuation that the first one, the 1130 to midnight sighting, may have been actually by a cop.
0: If it were, even though you can't tell necessarily that the car is in the barn, if the headlights are on, it's a known abandoned old house barn that everyone in that area knows about. You're telling me that that cop's going to be like, oh, are these some teenagers trying to, you know, I'm not sure
1: if they're off duty, though. Sure. And they do take note of it. It does. It might not right. be a police officer, but right. they've kind of insinuated that it's right. someone in law enforcement saw it. No, no it is. Yeah, me, sure. I, I don't like the ex-boyfriend either, but he uh he is the dude who is the center of that fight mm-hmm. between Keeley, the, the attack. I'm not even going to call it a fight. Yeah. I'm going to call it an attack. Right. He is He's the guy the reason in behind that. If the fight was over a guy, it was that guy. I don't like any of it.
2: I don't like any of it either. Something ain't clean. So
0: Brianna's friends and family connected
2: their own searches of the area.
0: They put up missing persons flyers across Vermont and the surrounding states. Her parents would take matters into their own hands, following leads across Vermont, New York, Quebec, and Connecticut. Bruce and Kelly even would go to a strip club in Boston after receiving a call that Brianna was last seen there. But it turned out that it wasn't her, it was just a case of mistaken identity. But they are not leaving any stone unturned. So a month into the investigation, Bruce sent a letter to Vermont Governor James Douglas, stating that he felt the search had not been aggressive enough and that the police were keeping him and Kelly in the dark. So over the years, official searches would have done Divers search a Berkshire pond. Police would have scoured the local wooded areas and the space around Hutchins Bridge with cadaver dogs. They found absolutely nothing. No one has found anything. A court inquest also occurred and officers with the Border Patrol utilized their helicopter to help cover more land. Again, nothing was found. And overall, the searchers involved officers from three states and members of Texas EQSearch. Which mm. is pretty cool. We've had them a couple times in our yeah. episodes, which big is big shout out. But unfortunately, found nothing crazy, like except for what they found in the car, in and around the car. Immediately that night, they never find another single thing. Blows your mind. Not even one thing. So, like we mentioned a little bit in the beginning, there is a strong Maura Murray connection, and they. Th- some people think that they're really the two are connected. They, it was the same person or persons that happened. Right. That. I mean, it makes sense. It does. So in May of 2004, the Maitlands would team up with the parents of Maura Murray, who was a 21-year-old woman who had went missing in Haverhill, New Hampshire in February of 2004. And those of Amy Riley, who was a 20-year-old New Hampshire woman whose murdered body had been found in April of that same year. And they would all get together to plead for help from both the public and the federal authorities. Now at the time, it was believed that the three cases were connected. All, all the fam- families wanted the FBI to become involved since they crossed state lines. And like I said, there's speculation that Brianna's disappearance is related to Maura's. Maura went missing after getting into a car accident and has not been found. The FBI would meet with local authorities to discuss possible links between the cases. Both Maura and Brianna are attractive brown-haired young women. Both disappeared after car accidents in which their cars were left behind with personal items inside. However, the FBI and local law enforcement concluded that despite the apparent similarities, Maura and and Brianna's case were probably not connected to each other. Just like last week with Josh Kimond, Chris Jenkins, <sighs> Michael Knoll, possibly Erica Dahlquist,
2: like, come on.
0: Because they're giving
1: us nothing, too, yeah. it's hard to know why they're not connected. Right.
2: Because from an outside perspective, we all get the same information about the cases, right? right? Whereas the insiders, they get more information on the cases, so they're able to compare and contrast more effectively. But yeah. it's like, come on. So
0: Amora would be 39 at the time of this recording she's described as a white female with light brown hair and brown eyes about five foot seven and 120 pounds she was last seen wearing a dark colored coat and jeans and may have been carrying a backpack and anyone with any information on maura's disappearance or her current whereabouts is encouraged to call the new hampshire state police at 603-846-3333 or the haverhill police department at 603 603- seven, eight, seven, two, 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 two.
1: I mean, they're essentially a month apart and not far from each other. It's just so hard to understand without seeing the file, just like to have two women, that level of disappearance too. There is no physical
0: evidence. So Jocelyn, please, let's get into (sighs) Israel keys, please.
1: Obviously we have to, because Uh, Because the FBI did, because in 2012, the FBI actually looked into Israel Keys as a possible suspect in Brianna's disappearance in specific. So interesting. We know he was in Vermont. First of all, anytime that we cover a case, no matter what, if it happened before 2012, the first thing that I do is just go to the bookmark of the FBI's timeline of Israel case and just look and see where he was at the time. I don't, yeah. I really don't think that he was that great of a criminal. And I really don't, I don't want to give him too much credit. Like he could just be like this, you know, superhero offender that could be in a million places at once but I just don't trust the son of a bitch no especially without a trace yes
2: disappearances cuz he's good at that little cuz he's of good.
1: good at making people disappear we can't put Israel Keys in Vermont at the time of Brianna's disappearance, conclusively. We know that he loved to take flights and rent cars. We know that he that his significant other had a brother who owned an airstrip and he flew unlicensed all the time under the radar without reporting. Apparently, this is a thing. This is a huge part of the second season of Joe Exotic, Tiger King, as well. People do this, but the planes still keep
2: logs of it, right?
1: you know, if you say, "Oh, I'm Bob from Kansas, not Israel Keys," and I'm taking this thing out, you know, it's just—it's only as good as the record that you're gonna get, but. He did take a trip in February of 2004 to Utah, where he put 522 miles on a Volkswagen Jetta that he was not supposed to take out of the state. But that does not get you to Vermont and back. But what's interesting is he did fly direct to Manchester, New Hampshire, in October of 2004, and rented a car and put 1,745 miles on that car. But again, you can't put him in Vermont or New Hampshire at the time. of either of those disappearances and the fact that he's going to that area to me tells me that perhaps he has he has been there before or he's looking for something or he has something buried there you know like the the yeah, weird shit what that what he else always is the does reasoning
2: what else is the reasoning behind it
1: the fbi has officially cleared him in both brianna maitland and mara Murray's disappearances so he's he's not the one. Winnie's Or maybe it's another terrifying, violent offender that we've never heard of. They also say, right? That's what Carly's saying too. Is they also say it's probably not the same person.
0: Other than that, nothing really happens for a while. On February 17th, though, of 2006, there was an alleged sighting of Brianna at the Caesars World Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. This drives me absolutely insane. So blood boiling. So there was surveillance footage at the casino. So it showed a woman that resembled Brianna sitting at a poker table with a bald man like the surveillance footage you know it it's grainy it's you can't see clearly it's not good I swear you could put any brunette woman essentially there and it could look like her Yeah, you know, so unfortunately the woman has never been identified, but Kelly maintains that she does see a strong resemblance between her and Brianna. I don't falter for that though. I don't falter for that either. Of course she, you know,
1: you got to hold on to whatever you can hold on
0: to. So in October of 2007, a search of the remote woodlands of Montgomery, they would find a pair of weathered blue jeans about seven miles from where Brianna went missing. And apparently that part of the woods had never been searched, which is interesting to me. Yeah. I wonder if it's private property. True. Okay. Yeah. I don't okay. know. Because well, okay. just
1: out there in the sticks like that. Yeah. I wonder, there's yeah. no excuse for it in Josh's there's case. There's
0: not. There, exactly. Zero. No, 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 no. But I wonder if it's like, it's someone's yard or something. Yeah. Okay. makes sense. So they find the weather blue jeans and the jeans would be sent to the state forensics lab to be analyzed and they were analyzed, but we don't have the results because they weren't publicly released. I get it's it. I understand. Sp- such a blow though but also i don't though but also i don't
2: it makes me feel like there's this piece missing i don't know yeah it's tough it's really it's tough for me
0: we don't need to know every detail No, just some would be great. Bruce and Kelly would hire a private investigator. He was also hired in searching for Erica Jane Franelik, who we covered in the missing episode. They would hire Greg after receiving several uncorroborated anonymous phone calls from people claiming that Brianna had been tied to a tree in the woods and her body disposed of at the bottom of a lake. People, how dare you? Not just one, like they've been through enough. 2007, a flyer was distributed regarding the case, stating that investigators had come to believe that the accident involved the car in the old dutch burn house had been staged so now they think that that was not a true accident and maybe she wasn't a runaway that maybe the car was placed there in such a way it makes sense it does it makes a lot of sense i just don't i just don't understand like why they would stage it in that particular way personally Whatever. i think the intention was
1: always that the car would be left but maybe not like that yeah. like maybe that was a byproduct of circumstance Sure. panic, maybe. So
0: in 2008, an expanded review of the investigation was conducted and a team was actually created that would solely be dedicated just to the case. So this meant an a more aggressive approach could be taken, and police would conduct more interviews with people that they had already questioned. And in 2010, the Vermont State Police search and rescue team, along with the K9 unit, conducted a search of Prive Hill Road in Richford. Nothing new was uncovered. Damn, I know. Mean, but this is years later. So am I completely yeah. surprised? No. In March 2016, The information about DNA discovered in Brianna's vehicle was made public, but the test results were not released. I'm just assuming if they're not telling us that that means that something super nefarious happened. And in September, 2020, the Vermont State Police Major Crime Unit teamed up with Othram Inc., which is like the first privately owned company that specializes in forensic genealogy to help solve cold cases. That's so cool. So they would team up with Othram to re-examine the evidence. We don't know the results of that, but at least they're doing something. Yeah, her
1: case is alive. It's exactly, in no yeah. small part to her parents.
0: So back in 2004, the Maitlands had offered a maximum reward of $20,000 for information leading to Brianna's whereabouts. But the Vermont City Police are currently offering a reward of up to $5,000 for information leading to a resolution in the case and or an arrest and conviction of those responsible. And like we just said, law enforcement do say the investigation is still active, but there's no clear suspect. So in the meantime, Brianna's case was part of Project Jason's 18 Wheel Angel campaign, which targeted truck drivers and business travelers to volunteer their resources and time to help spread the word about missing persons cases via printable flyers. Brianna's case would also be featured on Dateline NBC and Disappeared, along with numerous other podcasts and TV programs. like It's definitely out there. For people to hear about for sure there are vigils held every year on the anniversary of brianna's disappearance where her family and members of the community come together to bring about renewed awareness about the investigation brianna's parents have since moved out of the family home where brianna had lived and they have separated and kelly now lives in new york
1: okay so we obviously know that when you lose a child especially in a circumstance like this that's not explained and you have no closure, no opportunity to grieve for them because you truly don't know what happened to them. It's the worst possible thing that you can do to someone to deny them the knowledge of what happened to their loved one. It's yeah. truly the worst. And so the Maitland's marriage did not survive that. They moved they first moved out of the house that Brianna grew up in in 2007 and then they subsequently divorced and now Kelly lives in New York. They were hugely criticized and it makes me think of Aisha Degree because yes. her family stayed in that house with all those terrible, tragic memories, just in case yeah.
0: she,
2: she came ever back. came
1: back right. for so, um, right. for so And years. people had a really hard time with this and this- And it's it, bullshit
2: because everybody handles it differently.
1: It's true. And we've been, we have in the past looked at spouses or people who have been left behind in the wake of a crime and gone, well, why are you acting that way? yes and the truth is that we we've come in doing this show we've come to understand that there's no one way to take it there's no everybody's going to handle it differently family After Brianna went missing, found out that Brianna had actually been molested as a young girl. We do not know. I did not know this. We do not know what age she was. We do not know the age of the offender, but it was their neighbor. And so part of leaving that house after the knowledge of finding out that that happened to her, and they never knew that happened to her. Part of the investigation that came out.
2: Mm. Yeah, the FBI found that out. She
1: had experienced sexual assault. It was a neighbor. And now they have to not only grieve for the loss of their daughter, but see that guy every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the end of living there. But what you were talking about earlier, Katie, with, you know, usually there's something going on at home. If they're staying at people's houses, there's gotta be a reason why she doesn't want to be at home. Yeah. And she does not have a problem with her parents or her brother. So, let's talk about a couple of theories about what could have happened to Brianna Maitland. We have not as as of yet talked about drugs, but we do have to talk about drugs because when Brianna's car was found, she did have a pot leaf air freshener. <laughs> hanging from the rearview mirror, which again, is just so high school. Hilarious. It's so freaking yeah. funny. After Brianna disappeared, some of her friends came forward and said that she was definitely using drugs. Some said she was just experimenting. Some said she was really hard into drugs, particularly crack and cocaine were brought up. This gets coupled with the fact that at the time in Montgomery, Vermont, there was high drug activity, but it was more, you know, crack, cocaine, heroin, Oxycontin at that time. It's led some to believe that she got involved in some drug dealings, had a drug debt, they went bad, maybe she stole money from someone or maybe she'd never paid someone for the drugs that she was fronted. Maybe she had a habit. That's why she had two jobs. I don't see it personally. It's very interesting to me that all of her friends say something different about whether or not she did drugs. I I question that. I know sometimes you only do drugs with a certain group of people. Everyone has a different impression. Some of them are saying she was addicted to crack, literally. And then other people are saying that she, they knew that she smoked weed and that was it really don't know at the time there was. And this definitely happened in this area as well. There was a push of drugs from New York City into upstate New York, Vermont, Massachusetts areas. Drugs that previously had not been available outside of the city. They were kind of pushing the drug pipeline. There's two individuals whose names come up. Ramon Ryans and Nathaniel Charles Jackson as two drug dealers, legit drug dealers. Brianna's parents admit that they saw Brianna with Nathaniel Charles Jackson on multiple occasions. She definitely knew them. They were definitely drug dealers. They have never been charged in connection with this crime. We know that they were each given a polygraph examination and we know that one of them showed signs of deception, but we don't know which one. But yeah, that's a very popular theory in this case that she that there was some kind of debt that she never paid and she ended up dead for it.
2: Which is what they I feel like is such a common rumor that occurs and what I think a lot of people don't think about is that if you owe a drug like for drug money they're not going to kill you because then they're not going to get their money. They
1: don't get the money. Right. Exactly.
2: Like it's just like if you owe a debt like they're going to figure out a way to get their debt. And isn't. I truly believe
1: that if she was really in danger number one she never would have taken that test and passed it. Nick from True Crime Garage. Huge shout out to True Crime Garage as always. Every Time. Yes, Nick from True them. Crime Garage described Brianna Maitland as 17 going on 25. Exactly, And I just totally she was agree. It was a matter of money and needing money. She was with her mom that afternoon at a certain point. And I know that like, you don't know what's going on with your teenager. Like you only know what they tell you, Right, but it, I mean, legitimate fear for your life. I think that's when you tell your mom and she didn't She said she didn't say anything like that. And
2: she went to work and she,
1: you know what I
2: mean? If one, if she is freaking experimenting and she tried cocaine one time, who's to say who she was seen with around that time that she did that. And one person sees her with a guy that they know deals Coke. And then all of a sudden she's a huge Coke head whore person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly.
1: And she, I mean, the girl is getting her ass kicked for, right. a, for no reason, for a reason that people cannot put their finger on three weeks before she disappears. I do think that this is a classic case of a very beautiful, very tough, Very well-rounded girl who got a lot of attention from men, a lot of attention. And Mm -hmm. I think after the fact, people are talking shit about her. Uh Uh-huh. And it happens trying to drag her down. And I'm not, I'm not having it. It's like a
2: constant slut shaming almost that happens with a lot of it, a lot of our girls. It really does. This is the one
1: this abduction theory comes from Brianna's dad. Yeah. This is his this is his flagship. This is what he thinks. Happened. Happened. He thinks that Brianna was abducted by several individuals and he thinks that because he believes that one person could not take Brianna down. Given her jujitsu training, it's been speculated that someone was hiding in her back seat when she got out of work. Like fucking urban legend, Quinny's. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And just popped up and came after her while she was on the road, grabbed her while she was driving. There's speculation that people set up a roadblock in the middle of the road and she tried to turn Mm. her car around and they went after her. Or she was abducted and subdued and sold into human trafficking, into a sex trafficking situation. I don't want that one to be true. No. I can see why her dad might think that something like that could have taken place. But Quinise, let's get into what we think happened here to, to Miss Brianna Maitland. What, what do we think actually went down to the best of our ability? Because this is just, this case is such a head scratcher.
0: It really is. Well, first, can I just mention really quick about Bruce? He created the Private Investigations for the Missing, which is a nonprofit dedicated to providing private investigators to those who are unable to afford them. And there's an active GoFundMe page where supporters can donate to that organization, which we can put in the show notes. I can send it to you, Mm Jess. Like he's trying to do something good out of this terrible tragedy that he deals with every single day. I, oh God, I don't know, twins. She's not a runaway no 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 don't believe it i don't believe the drugs either like even if she did some at a party once and smoked some weed before her shift and like did cocaine a couple times like fine live your life i just don't really know exactly how i think it went down per se for some reason like someone waiting in the back of the car while it makes sense In some aspects, I just feel like it's a little bit too out there. It's a little bit too like a movie cliche. How long would you have to hide in there? I tend to think more it is someone who happened upon her in some way.
1: There was a story from her mom about how she picked up a hitchhiker. Brianna picked up a hitchhiker in her car and brought the hitchhiker home to the house for dinner. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It leads some people to believe that she herself may have accepted a ride from someone but again checks are not staying in the car the contacts are not staying in the car the migraine no. meds are not staying in the car if the car is broken down she's getting what she needs out of the car before she leaves the car
0: the ex-boyfriend like what are the odds the ex-boyfriend sees her car there that night i don't like that he puts himself there don't i, I, that's I, what I, I was don't
2: say why does he bring himself into the picture i don't, don't like that it. he brings himself into the picture Good for him for copying
0: to it because sometimes, even if they were innocent, they wouldn't want to place themselves there. That's and true. And put them on the list. However, so assuming, if, yeah, he, assuming uh, that
1: he has nothing to do with it, we appreciate that he said something and maybe he wanted to be seen as cooperating. I look at a picture of Brianna Maitland and I just like her. I, feel I like can't I know explain her. it. I just like her. I just immediately at face value am Dude, like- Dude, I'm not
2: going to lie. She, I feel like she'd be someone that we would actually chill with, honestly. Definitely. I know. I feel, like she'd I, be really funny. Do. I feel
0: like she's a funny person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That she would have been great to work with at the club. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It doesn't yeah. help
1: that she's like exactly our age yeah. and that we all went through this, this crazy ass period from 17 on where you're trying right. to find yourself. I don't think that Brianna Maitland- met with foul play from anyone that she knew. Because even if it was drugs, or even if it was any of these theories about someone, a group of people who knew her, who tried to get her into a place and hurt her, the caliber of intelligence that we're talking about here from low level drug dealers, I don't think you can wipe the fucking scene clean like you're Hannibal Lecter. They're giving these people way too much fucking credit. You, how Listen, are you gonna do they that? They're dumb. Listen,
0: they're
1: they, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> they're selling Oxycontin and crack to people in rural Vermont. Like, yeah. do you really yeah. think they're going to perpetuate a 17 year disappearance of something? Like, no, we have seen a lot of smart criminals do just, way exactly. dumber stuff and just than that. stop
2: blaming it on the drug dealers all the time. Cause like, well, it's not always them. But
0: what about that anonymous tip about the drug dealers? The woman that called in?
2: It's a 75 year old lonely woman that's sitting at her house and peeks outside of her <laughs> blinds and sees like a guy hand somebody something and she's like there was a man drug dealing crack cocaine I mean, on my corner yeah
0: but this woman states that the two drug dealers that we said Jackson and Ryan's Had killed Brianna the week after her disappearance because they argued over the money that she lent them to purchase cocaine. And that after she was killed, she says that Brianna's body was temporarily stored in the basement of another woman's home before being dismembered with a table saw and disposed of at a pig farm. I don't think it's true whatsoever. It is pretty detailed. And if she named the drug dealer specifically, that's. Weird Willie
1: Pickton yeah. a Canadian serial killer yeah. was picked up in 2002 and he was actually killing sex workers and feeding them to his pigs. pigs. So yeah. she probably heard this little tale. They're right by the Canadian border. Yeah. She probably heard this little tale of, of Willie Picton and, and wanted Coquitlam to start some
2: small town juicy to gossip. Fire. Just, just
1: stirring, stirring the, the pot.
2: pot. Yep. Stirring it right Absolutely. up.
1: Absolutely. As everybody is in this agree. story though and it's so hard to pull it apart
2: because everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame afterwards. Exactly. yeah i so i agree with you quinnies i think that it was somebody that she did not know i think that it was a stranger and i think that it was so okay do you know what this makes me think of and even to this day just the way that some men are towards women like in bars it is still very much like a real thing and it happens every day all the time and people think that because they're the customer and that this person is working for a company, they think that they have a right to speak to an employee a certain way. Yeah. because they're under employment under a business. So they feel that they have a right. So the vibe that it gives me is like, my mom would tell me stories like of like guys that would fuck with her, like at the restaurant and shit. And like, even like guys that she would get the creeps from that would just be like looking at her. And I've had this too, for sure. Like a starer that just like stares at you and you just yeah. get that feeling like in your stomach, like it's not good. Like I, can someone walk me to my car tonight? Cause I don't like that guy that was staring at me. I 100% get this vibe that something happened because it was so close to her job. I think that it was something related to the job. Mm -hmm. I think that somebody saw her at her job. I get this vibe that she probably looked really pretty, like she was a very beautiful girl. I get this hint that because she was shopping with her mom that day and that she had this sort of moment of franticness and like her mom said that she noticed that like she was a little frazzled. I also read that like she seemed, her mom had said that she seemed anxious to get to her job that day so that she would make sure to make it home to her job in time and her mom just thought that that was weird because like you know she was always good about being on time and shit for her jobs but like she was just being like seemed a, a little bit extra pressing about it that day and mm-hmm. even if it wasn't somebody that she knew like an employee that there was somebody that was a customer at the Fucking that.
1: queenie i just told i totally agree with you Quinny, because there's something going on with that restaurant there's a mile there's and a half from the there's scene.
2: something something going on with it there's something going and on with the timing I I want to know was did some of the co-workers go there to um, smoke or hang out sometimes or did they maybe know of that space or was that maybe a place like that? It's
1: really very apparent from the road where her car was. Right. Like it's it's not a smoking spot. Like it's not a, it's not a, it's a weird ass place. Like, and I I was thinking the same thing too, because I'm like, okay, if they're all going to like, or if a smaller group of them is going to drink and do drugs together, you probably do it close by the restaurant. So you would think that you would go mile and a half away. It seems okay, but it's really, it's like on the road, something, something to do with that. Restaurant, and I see this too. And I know we'll cover Mara Murray, but I see this in Mara Murray too. And that ultimately, of course, always brings me back around to Israel Keys or an offender yeah. like Israel Keys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that I feel like
0: both women may have been being stalked, yes, mm, yes. Because see, with Mara packing up her dorm, saying mm-hmm. there's a death in the family, I'm not going to be in class for a while, but there wasn't a death. And then she like left a random note for her fiance that we don't right. know what it
2: said. As I agree with you guys too, about what you said earlier about it being like, really like just, it wasn't planned. Like, I don't see it as being, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Premeditated. Premeditated. Thank you. Yeah. I do see the person that they had seen her more than once. So if they don't know, so the stalker yep. vibe very much can come into play.
1: And you know, the fucking Black Lantern Inn is a fucking inn with rooms. Yeah. Right. You know, and right. I was like I was, I looked everywhere to see if she worked Thursday night. So it's like an in I'm, slash I'm like bar, could she right? could someone have checked in Thursday, saw her, she worked. She comes back Friday like right. or or a, a creep from the bar the previous yes. night that shows right. up in the
2: mall. And right. you're Happily. like who the fuck
1: was that 100%. You, like-
2: I think she probably maybe looked really extra pretty too that day. Mm. So that's another thing too, is because that's a thing you could go three days to work and not, you could just be kind of, no one will notice you. But then if there's one day that you might look particularly attractive to someone, then their eyes are on you. Like it's, they're on you. Like- I agree with you, but also it could be like, say she worked Thursday, Friday,
0: she's normally a dishwasher, but maybe Fridays are obviously much more busy than a Thursday. So they
2: needed her to also, she's messing. Yeah. Right. So she's out in the restaurant more. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Exactly. Quinny's exactly. I think this is that Montgomery Vermont has
1: 900 people in it. These, these are the people who are blown into this town are coming for the weekend to ski or snowmobile. And that's fucking it. Right. And I hope that they looked at every credit card that was run that night. I hope they looked at every person who stayed there. I was going to say, yeah. did I question the people staying at the Yeah. End? Okay. We don't know. I mean, I, I would know. imagine, but we don't know. We just don't know. And especially if they just had one lone dude who paid cash.
0: I mean, that's, oh So Brianna would be 35 years old. At the time of this recording, she's described as a white female with brown hair and hazel eyes. She's about five foot three to five foot five and weighs about between 105 and 118 pounds. She has a faint scar extending from her left eyebrow to her forehead, and her left nostril is pierced with either a small ring or a small stud normally in it. Brianna also went by the nicknames Brie and B. She wears contact lenses, but like we said, they were left behind when she disappeared. Anyone with any information regarding Brianna's disappearance or her current whereabouts is encouraged to call the Vermont State Police at 802-524-5993 or the investigation's official tip line at 802-241-5355.
1: Listen to Straight Up Evil.